0: Welcome to another episode of the Black Menaces Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, here with my co-host,
1: Rachel Weaver. And we have a special treat for you guys today. We have one of the other menaces, K'nithia, with us today on the podcast.
0: Yes, indeed. Hello, hello. Happy to have you on the show. So today we're going to jump right into it with our menace moment, and then we'll get to know K'nithia a little bit better.
1: Yes. So for our menace moment today, we're going to highlight none other than the illustrious, wonderful, well-known Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, she and I went to the same alma mater of our high school. (laughs) That is my biggest flex in life. Um, But Michelle Obama was born and raised on the south side of Chicago, and she attended Whitney M. Young Magna High School, which is a very selective school in the city. Have a shout us both out for that, Dolphins for life. Um, Then she attended Princeton University, where she actually studied sociology, also, like myself. I'm just following in her. <laughs> Next, this part I don't think I will achieve. She attended Harvard Law, where she got her degree. And then she ended up coming back to Chicago and private practicing privately. Um, and then that's where she met um Barack. They met while she was an associate and he was an intern. And after she kind of worked in the private sector, she began working in the public sphere a lot because Barack was very involved in public service, but she also was in her work as well. She worked with the commissioner, and I know she worked with um, politicians previously. And then uh, both of them, both Barack and Michelle, were very involved in their community and grassroots efforts, which led to Barack being involved in politics. And she, at the time of his election to the Senate, When he represented Illinois, she worked for the University of Chicago in their dean's office and worked with their community outreach. And then when he also became, got the nominee uh, for the Democratic Party, she was doing that same thing. And then she became the first lady of the United States. And I think she is one of the most gracious, well-accomplished first ladies we've had. Um, I mean, Joe Biden's wife also has a doctorate degree, so that's awesome. But um, I love Michelle Obama. I think um, the reason why I think that she is a menace is she really was a trailblazer at her time when she went to Princeton. It was back when women had only been led into Princeton 10 years prior to Michelle arriving there.
0: Which is crazy. Right? That was not that long ago.
1: Right? And you think 10 years is not that much time. And so her being on campus was really an ab- m- ab- or not ab. You know what I'm trying to say.
0: Mm-hmm. That Especially word. as a black woman. Yes.
1: So she was a woman and she was black, right? Like there were not a lot of black people on that campus and there weren't a lot of women either. And so she was really a trailblazer in that way and standing up for what you know she believes in. And if you've read any of Becoming or seen the short documentary about it, really she talks a lot about her time being the first lady and how um, really that was an interesting experience because she's never really had to kind of... Take the back seat in that way ever in her life, just because she's always had her own career, has very much been neck and neck with Obama in terms of doing things. Mm-hmm. And so um, I thought it was interesting hearing her story. And I think she's a very captivating first lady. Not that other people aren't, I just think that she knew that she wanted to do more. With what she did with her platform, and so mm-hmm. she really tried to uplift other women, bring Black women together. She really did a lot of things with younger people and empowering them, speaking to them. Um, she also had that initiative, pass the plate or whatever. I don't know if you guys remember that or. She yeah, was I a do. big deal. I know. <laughs> I remember I mean, like, that. Where, <laughs> I, I was wondering why they stopped
0: selling French fries in the school cafeteria. Honestly,
2: they took away yeah. the good cookies. I was, I was like, distraught. What happened? Yeah. all of a sudden, yeah.
0: it was like, here, have some fruit.
1: But yeah, Michelle Obama is a very. Influential person I, I look to her as an example In a lot of ways In the way that she carried herself In the White House as well I really admired that And I think The way that she was a menace As she knew that As a black family They had to be Better than perfect They had to be on point And everywhere Everywhere they turned You know They had to be better than Any other presidential family up to that point because they were black and she knew they'd be scrutinized and she was very aware of that and what she wore and the way she conducted herself and um we look at obama's when during his campaign and the way that she was um villainized in the media and the way that she stood up and you know was still supportive of the country in the way that they dragged her basically Mm -hmm. during obama um running to be president i think that anybody who's been through what she's been through and uh the intelligence that she has and the influence that she has in the world is um just being in a minutes of it in it of itself and kind of where she came from and the odds that were stacked against her and how accomplished she is and I, I hope to be a quarter of the person that she is and a quarter of the influence that she has on the world because she is such an example to so many people
0: absolutely and i remember when i read her book i read it a couple of summers ago um becoming if you haven't had a chance if you haven't read that book i highly recommend it it was great i listened to the audiobook actually and michelle obama reads the audiobook and it was a great choice cuz i love listening to her voice read her life story and just kind of yeah. talk about her experiences um I really kind of get like very personal with like her feelings about um, you know being the first lady about you know before she met barack obama like all those kinds of things mm-hmm. so it was very very cool to to hear her side of the story And to be honest with you, I've read her book, but I haven't read Barack's book, which I need to get on. But um, same. (laughs) That just goes to show that, uh, yeah, she's a powerhouse. Great respect for her. And I highly recommend reading Becoming if you haven't read it yet.
1: And I know if I always met her in person, I would cry.
0: Mm, For real. A lot of people definitely would. She's something else.
1: Okay, well, now we're going to get into the portion where we want you guys to get to know Kanithi a little better. She was gone over the summer. When we started the podcast, she was um, doing a study abroad in Europe, which mm-hmm. she was living her best life, now living having, my best having life. Having big yes. fun with the wretched. <laughs> <laughs> so she was not <laughs> able to hop on this summer, but we're glad to have her here with us now.
0: Yeah. All right, Karnitia, so your assignment is to talk for yourself about 30 minutes. We will not ask you any questions. Just go for it
2: well i'll I'm be damned! <laughs> no we're kidding <laughs> <laughs> we're playing with you no no, no. A,
0: yes this is interview style so basically just tell us like the basics like where you're from what you're studying at byu when you're gonna graduate and then we'll get into the good stuff
2: okay so um my government name middle name <laughs> is elvernia Kenneth elvernia dorsey period <laughs> um i'm from nashville tennessee I was Yeehaw. raised. Huh? Nashville is different. <laughs> okay. Nashville is different, but I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. um Let's see. I wasn't born there, but I was basically raised there, so I always I'm from Nashville. I was actually born in a small town called Columbus, Mississippi. Um, I know where that's at.
1: Really, that was in my mission.
2: Oh, I think it was. It, we, yeah, yeah. There's an air force base there. A military. Mm-hmm. Yep yeah we sure were we did have alabama we had to go to alabama we were part of like some alabama steak when, yeah mm. yep the
1: tupelo mississippi steak Yep. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i remember going down tupelo when i was younger to yep. go to chuck e cheese that was a clo- <laughs> that was the closest chuck e cheese to us so dang that's far it wasn't that like hour and a half i mean that's a long way to go that's for chuck long. Cheese. i'm sorry yeah. no mm-hmm. yeah it was worth it though you know chuck e cheese <laughs> um but I'm studying advertising. So that was for my that's where I went over the summer, like was for advertising. My study abroad was for advertising. Um Yeah, they're chilling
0: with celebrities and whatnot.
2: You know, the Cannes Festival, mm-hmm. ten out of ten recommend. Mm-hmm. Loved it.
1: And that's a big deal, guys. Like if you know anything about advertising, like you only get to go to that if you're invited. Yeah. It because
2: you're winning an award. So shout out to you, Canadian. And it's expensive. So shout out to BYU for paying for that part. Thank you. Per love to study abroad for advertising tonight i actually really loved advertising i'm obsessed with my major i really love it as you should be i love it a lot so i'm excited to like get into the workforce and this yeah, is my senior you. year <laughs> yeah this is my senior year so this is my last year and i graduate in april fingers crossed it's been a struggle right now but we're st- we still getting there we're working on it amen so i'm graduating in april and then hopefully i'll move to new york after i graduate. Um, hopefully I'll have a job lined up in New York so I can just go ahead and book it and move on to New York. So Kanithia
1: we kind of talked about this with Sebastian and Kylie too but what led up to you being involved in Black Menaces or wanting to do something like this? Just because we all kind of have our own story um, and I think they've heard your story the least and so what what made you want to do something like this?
2: Man throw back to February earlier this year when I mean it was just like a First, it was like, I think we all know it's just like a side talk, like a talk. We were just talking about it right. at the the black table in the Wilk. And we're like, oh, oh let's do a black. Men-. Like, well, we didn't know the name of it. Like, oh, let's do something like let's make some type of TikTok for like the black community on campus. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, OK. Like I was thinking about, you know, passing thought. Yeah, right. OK, moving on. Um, But I don't know. It's like, I don't even Jeez, that was so long ago. I don't even remember how I got into it. I just remember we filmed the first video after the Brad Wilcox thing. Um, that was really the, everybody knows that was a start for this, all this. And it was frustrating, honestly. And so Black Ministers came up at the right time and was like, cause I was fired up. I was ready to go. I was ready to try to make some change on campus. Because, like, I've always heard, like, I mean, change is going to take a while to come, takes takes a while to happen, But I would love, like, I love the fact that I can be a part of something right now that could lead to some sort of change in the future. Mm. Well, I hope anyway, because I mean, who knows if I'll ever come back to Utah or Provo to see if this change (laughs) is implemented, any changes implemented in the future. But I mean, I hope so. So that's what I've always hoped. And so when Black Menaces came about, and I'm like, okay, we can really like invoke some, like, start some conversations on campus. I'm like, okay. Let's see if it's like if something's gonna actually be different about this one than like you know, all the like because you know during Black History Month I have like a bunch of panels I go to like, yeah they people invite us to us uh, as like the black the black students on campus blah blah blah, but I don't know that was like the biggest thing just like that I was all riled up already with the yeah um, with the Brad Wilcox stuff I was just really appalled because I really I, th- I honestly like I respected the man like he spoke at my um youth conferences and whatnot and I was like okay but then I like heard that he would say stuff like this I'm like dang like I'm just I'm glad he didn't say it to like my group when I was like when he did speak to us but still like that's crazy to me mm. that he that like that actually came out of his mouth am I surprised though I don't know I guess I was kind of surprised because I did like him like I thought it was fun that was fun but then I'm like yeah a little bit in my respect kind of went down i'm like dang how many other professors are like this on campus so i don't know It's like a lot of internal stuff going on and then our black ministers helped me express that externally Mm so do you feel like you had like previously to doing black menaces do you feel like
1: there's things that you've been involved with or you've always been that person just because i mean like me of i i jumped to doing something like black menaces because this is something that i've always done so do you feel like you've kind of always been a person who you know jumps at these kind of opportunities or are you more someone who kind of like sits in the
2: background and like lets other people but this was your moment um i to say i've been trying to like i've been trying to be like closer to the forefront especially now that i'm getting older and like getting more like senior 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 i don't know at, on yeah. campus um because like my freshman year i went to like there's this thing called the talks what do they call pin talks oh yeah and so i did a pen talk once to like get my story out there but i was just so shy then and so like it was like it was super uncomfortable for me because that was my first time doing something like that like sharing my story on like a more public scale right but since then i've like noticed that like I have no problem talking about my story like how I feel about BYU. I have no problem telling people that like BYU is not the ble- the safest place, the best place to be for like a minority student. Um and so like it's just changed throughout the years. Like my freshman year I would say I tried, but it didn't like it was just my my cap- my mental capacity, my shyness, everything was just like pro- like kind of prohibiting, prohibiting me from doing it. Mm. But as I Got older, moved on, and everything. I was able to speak out a lot more when with like I don't know with like random things on campus, like during the black history months, like a lot of black history months I've done like multiple panels um so I guess I would say I've been not at the forefront, but I've been trying to be proactive, yeah,
0: good stuff, so like what i guess kind of kind of like led to your development at b y u like your ability to like be more confident in yourself and, like, share your story more? Like, what do you think has changed? Or, like, what led you to change in the first place?
2: That's a great question. I think just knowing the BSU, knowing the Black Student Union, because I was actually able, I had the opportunity to know the Black Student Union for my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people can't say that. So, like, being around people that had shared, like, had the same experience as me um, really helped me. And like honestly, it's just like that. Like your practice, when you practice, practice makes perfect. Like I would just be put. I was like literally to be forced in these situations where I had to like, like either I would have to be quiet, be silent, or speak up. And so, some like there was a point. I think probably like my my end of my freshman year, I was like decide like I was decide like it's time. Like I'm just gonna speak up because it just kept happening like back, back, like back to back to back like random situations. Like people would talk to me about like, oh, blacks in the priesthood had to happen. I'm like, okay. Like, I had to first formulate my own opinion about it. And I think that's what happened my freshman year. I formulated my own opinion about everything or, like, about a lot of different issues. And I was then I was able to really, like, talk about, like, how I feel about these certain issues. And then continue to, like, speak on it to other people. Continue to, like, want to tell other people how I feel because of the, all the miscommunication. Not i don't know what i don't want to say miscommunication but like all the misconceptions that's what the word all the misconceptions there are out there about like i don't know that like being blacks and blacks in the priesthood being a black student on BYU's campus um and also just like being not just being like just getting older i've just been able to feel more comfortable in myself feel more comfortable in my blackness um and that's just part of life i've just been able to grow into like myself honestly and like i'm feeling great like i feel comfortable in my blackness i feel confident in speaking about speaking out about issues that i feel passionate about so um
1: so Kenethia, i think that we what's something that you would want like the people in the community who support the black menaces to know about you just because i feel like i feel like they know random stuff about us and just like as they've you know you know as we we've, we've joked a lot on the, on the podcast i felt like what do you what's something you feel like you want people to know maybe outside of just what you do for your social activations and like things you're passionate about like what are other things that you're passionate about or just random funny things you want people to know
2: outside of black menaces actually i have no life outside of black menaces so this is kind of <laughs> awkward um just kidding Um, really my life outside of of Black Menaces is just school and more specifically advertising. So I do a lot of projects like I can work, we get to work on like commercials and the BYU, BYU has actually a really good advertising program. They do. Mm -hmm. So we have this thing called the Ad Lab and basically it's like a mini, it's like an advertising agency. It's not a full fledged advertising agency, but it's like an advertising agency. And so I get that hands on experience and like that's where most of my time goes outside of doing anything for black menaces um and i'm absolutely love it i think advertising should be for everybody i love being a black creative i love getting my like Mm -hmm. i love putting black people on the screen i love people i love putting black people like on the different print like advertisements Mm. because i think representation is important so Mm -hmm. and eventually i do want to be like i want to continue doing that and i want to be i want to be a leader eventually in the advertising world to continue like to show just like to continue to bring black voices into the advertising world Mm -hmm. um and also be being sure to like put blackness out into the world as well Mm -hmm. as a black leader in the advertising world because when in the advertising world you can like you have a lot of ability to put people in front of the camera Mm -hmm. Mm. and like you get to see like who represents this brand blah 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 yeah so i hope hopefully eventually like I'll be able to get to that point but i mean i mean if if you know me up up close and up front i'm very shy like i'm normally like i don't know that person but i I am actually (laughs) i can be really shy in certain situations so so hopefully like especially like in new situations so i am kind of nervous when i get out into the working world i'm like oh man let's see how let's see how, how this goes like let's see if i can climb the ladder enough or like get my voice out there enough um, it just takes like, It's just an adjustment period for me Like A random Like not really a hobby But like Change is always hard I think for most mm, people And change same. is especially hard for yeah. me So I just kind of Not shut down But like yeah, we get close to shutting down. We're like, yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody right now because, like, I, I don't I don't know anybody in this new situation or whatnot. Mm. So I'm kind of, I am nervous about that when I get out into the working world. I mean, that's like a side side piece, side bit, side comment. But I think that's Girl, like.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you with the <clears throat> fresh out of college anxieties and nervousness. But it's someone who just started working. And it's certain things are better than you think they would be. Mm-hmm. Mm. I
0: I do have a question about that. Do you think that, like, the shyness has anything to do with, like, um, race and then, like, your position in society, if that makes sense? Because I don't know. Like, for me, I'm not really, like, a shy person. However, when I go into certain spaces, I become very quiet, very reserved. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Very, like, shut down. So, like, do you feel like the fact that advertising is, like, dominant, you know, like most fields is kind of, like, dominated by white men, do you feel like that plays a role in that, or is it more just, like, a personal thing?
2: i think in a way it's both because like i think it's just like getting acclimated to any type of situation hmm. um like in the ad lab i was like people probably didn't know i could talk honestly because i just like because when i tell you i did not i didn't think i liked anybody in the ad lab because i thought everybody was like the same i thought everybody was like stuck up sorry for anybody watching from the ad lab but like that's just how i thought like everybody was just stuck up like i was the only black person in the whole ad like i don't like there's 60 creat. There's about 60, 70 creatives. I'm the only black person in the whole creative, in the whole advertising program. I don't know how big it is anymore because like, because there is like a management side that I don't know much about. But I'm pretty sure I'm the only black person now. Like, there last year we had like Benji, T. Shay, mm. um, people at B. S. You know them. But now it's like if it was, it's like just me. And so I'm not. It's not this. It's not a comfortable situation to be in, and it's like very isolating. And so I would like. Go to class, come home, like go hang out with my other friends. Like, I wouldn't, I didn't want to be around them. So I just, I would isolate myself from them. Cause I'm like, I don't, like, I didn't feel the need to be friends with them. Mm. I didn't feel <clears throat> the need to, like, stick around to see, like, and to, like, get them to work on my projects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed like, the only time people wanted me to be on their projects was for like a diversity stunt, mm. honestly. Mm. And I remember I even talked to my professor about it. Cause like, it was really bothering me. Cause like, I loved what, I loved the major so much, but I'm like, I still just didn't, it just, nothing was like, I still wasn't clicking with anybody. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like the peop- only time people really want to talk to me is like, when they need like some type of diversity or they need black people on their account, on their advertisement or whatever. I'm like, to get me wrong. I love it when black people want it. Like, they want black people on their advertisements. But I'm like, I have a lot more to offer right. than just, like, giving you diversity. Right, 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 right. And so, but, I mean, I've grown a lot ever since, like, the study abroad I went on. I was able to get to know them on a, a different level um, and learn that, like, not all of them are as bad as I assumed. But there are still, I still think there are some, re- like, people only put me on their, like, they want me on their things, beca- their books are their projects because like I know black people and I could get black people on the mm-hmm. in the ca- on the picture on the sorry excuse me on the um, involved in the project involved needed. in the projects yeah <coughs> yeah so like I said it's kind of a race thing honestly mm-hmm. like it is hard being the only black person in a room and I'm like that's all I'm like I hope by the time that because I told you like how I want to be like I want to be a leader I hope by the time I become that leader I am like I'm confident In the person That I am In a business From a business standpoint To the fact that like I won't be intimidated I'm not intimidated Let me Let me back up I'm not intimidated By the people in the ad lab Let me just say that They do not intimidate <laughs> she me She said Let's correct that real quick I just don't Like it's just not Something I just want to be ar- I just don't want to be you around You feel
1: comfortable Yeah like It's just not your Like first environment you be like wow This does mm-hmm. not feel like What you're used to
2: Like I just don't Like I don't want to I don't Go out of my way just to go sit in the ad lab um, While well, I didn't used to anymore I didn't used to but I kind of do sometimes cause I'm a senior I gotta do my I gotta, I gotta stuff to work on now so mm. Gotta get in there sometimes but Yeah gotcha.
0: yeah, I can definitely relate to that I feel like for me it's like a major like, Trust thing like, like Cause I feel like I've been burned a lot Especially mm-hmm. in Utah Utah is built different for those of you who may be listening outside of Utah In Utah racism Is very subtle it's very um like discreet but outside of here I feel like you know you go, you go to the south you know who's going to be racist right they're just going to call you the n-word right but in Utah you never know what someone is thinking about you or how they feel about you until it like manifests itself like take the Brad Wilcox example it's an old example but going back to that you know all of us he was someone that we grew up with as, you know as members of the church young members of the church we grew up listening to him and hearing about him Um, And things like that. And then we didn't know that he had those kind of mindsets and those kind of ideologies Mm -hmm. until he said them or until we heard them, right? Um, Heard them from his own mouth. And so I feel like in Utah, it's like that a lot. So for me, it's like a trust thing. Like I go into a room and I'm like, well, I'm not about to open up myself to these people because i don't trust any of them and i don't know how they're going to take me right i don't know what they're thinking about me or anything like that and so for that reason i kind of like stay shut down and then if they're like people that i end up trusting more then i'm definitely like more open to them yeah but it's definitely like on a case-by-case case basis and it just kind of starts out like kind of what you said like with that generalization where it's like you just kind of assume everybody is the same until proven otherwise
1: yeah and being an extrovert for me <clears throat> that's really hard because i've experienced the same thing you're both talking about but being an extrovert that's not what i want to do that's not my natural instinct almost if that makes sense mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's like sometimes i am more probably trusting or more open than maybe other people um and then you experience those racial incidents where you're like oh and my worst fear was confirmed right like i was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here you know as someone who loves social interactions and you let me down and i feel like that's like a di- that's the other side of the coin too right being someone who is overly excited by social interactions and then <laughs> people letting you down and feeling like well this is why i i shouldn't mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely so you can already brush on a little bit can but like what are some experiences that you've had with like racism or discrimination or sexism on byu campus
2: um let's see i guess i can i'll bring up a story that happened my freshman year um back to like i I brought up like blacks in the priesthood and all that um jazz um i personally didn't i knew about like blacks didn't have the priesthood but i didn't really know how know much about like brigham young as a prophet or like his beliefs and whatnot until my freshman year in college and i was like struggling a lot with that like Hearing like the the racist like the blatantly racist words of the prophet, because at the Mm. time like I was preparing to serve a mission, yeah. Mm. So I was very like it was very like took me back like took me aback. I was like, wait a second, like this is we go to a school night after him, like this is a prophet of God. Like I respect the I like I respect I respect the prophets, and I'm like they lead the church and whatnot. But I'm like, but this man says some blatantly racist inappropriate things. Um, but I was like, and I was telling a friend of mine that I thought was I was close with we were close at the time. Um, But then like talking about my feelings about blacks and the priests and how like, I just didn't feel like it was like, I just personally came to my own realization that it was not of God. Right. And Mm -hmm. I like, and I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable with that. Um, But he would keep telling me about like how it had to happen. Um, How it, it's something that like black people weren't ready. And I'm like, So how? Who is? I hate that excuse. Yeah, like it makes no sense. It
1: doesn't. Like who are you to
2: say that black people aren't ready? Like a whole
1: race of people. Out of all, out of the priesthood is here though, but this one particular
2: race wasn't ready. Mm, Yeah, and if you look (laughs) back at like the like, even the history behind like the when black people were able to get the priesthood in nineteen seventy eight, like. I mean, there's some history behind that just, like, mm, it was kind of convenient, in my opinion, mm, that, like, were right. so, able would get no, the preset then. Very convenient.
1: Mm-hmm. Very convenient.
2: So I just, that instance just, lo- it made me lose a lot of respect for, like, um, it made me very, it did make me, that like, distrustful, mm-hmm. like, of my, like, some of my friends that weren't, like, that couldn't relate to my situation and my experiences. Um, and it hurt, honestly, because, like, that was my, like, that was a close friend of mine. And like we're not close anymore, obviously, like cause that just that honestly hurt? like how are you saying like black people weren't worthy of the priesthood of the save like the church, the gospel of the Church of Jesus Christ La mm-hmm. believes that like this is a saving ordinance. Yeah, saving ordinance <laughs> that like you need to get to like heaven, basically mm-hmm. And you're saying like, "I can't go to heaven because I'm black, and you're saying, God right. wouldn't you're basically saying that God didn't want his black children to go to heaven for like, how long? Make it make sense. Thank you. And I'm like, how can you tell me that, like, we're supposed to be friends? And, like, how can you tell me that without even, like, like, not even acknowledging the problem with, like, what you're saying to me? Like, I get it. Your opinion whatnot. I, like, it's your opinion. And I'm like, but you need to watch how you say this. You should watch how you say stuff to me and what you say to me as your, as your friend, honestly. And so that just, it just hurt. Like, I don't know. It just really took it hurt i will say but whatever i'm over i'm over it now but when people like try to tell me and that was a point in my life when i wasn't as comfortable speaking up about it i Mm -hmm. did have the conversation with him i like how i disagree with him but now i'm just like that's to me that's just a like that's just disrespectful to me as a black woman that's disrespectful to like every black member of the church in my opinion saying that like oh, yeah, y'all couldn't have it because y'all weren't ready. Like, what? What do you mean we weren't ready? Like, And plus the only race to have it. Right. Like, only race. Just if you had, like. And that decision was made by a man. Yeah, and I'm like, everybody's like, oh, it was of God. It was of God. I'm like, first of all, we preach every single day. God loves all his children. Mm -hmm. Mm. It was general conference this past weekend. One of the top, I mean, I didn't listen to it, but. I wouldn't know about that. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) I didn't listen to it, but I'm like. I know they teach about it like every single general conference, every single almost every lesson is like God loves all his children. hmm So I'm like, and you're telling me God didn't love the black people actually. Right. Because he didn't want them to go to heaven. He didn't want to see us in heaven apparently. What? What? Look. effing B- for real. No. B F F R-, R No, it is a
1: B F B- F R moment. You're hundred percent right. I feel you. Nate, I know you said something about you wanting to do a,
0: a draft. Yes. Yeah. He said
1: this before the podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I don't know what you're trying to do here. All right.
0: So it's like a popular trend on TikTok right now. Oh, okay. I have seen it. To draft, like, do a draft. Oh, I saw the one with fruit. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to do a draft. But our draft is going to be black historical figures. Okay. Top five black historical figures. Like, if you had to assemble a team of five black historical figures, who would you pick?
1: I know who my number one is. Can I go?
0: Yeah. We'll just go down the road. Okay. John Lewis. Ooh, good one. Good one.
1: To do what exactly? <laughs> just whatever.
0: I don't know. I don't know if they're just fighting. They could be fighting. They could be debating. To come
1: and fix BYU.
0: Just like, yeah. The best. How yeah. about that? <laughs> <laughs> the best black historical leaders. Malcolm X. Mm, you took uh, took Malcolm X. Let me see. I'll take uh, I'll take Muhammad Ali.
1: Mm, okay. Solid choice. Yeah.
0: He was uh, right there with
1: him Yeah I think second choice <laughs> Sorry I'm like laughing Okay I'm gonna pick Ida B. Wells Ooh, good one. Pick her because she can persuade everyone Through her writing Which somehow these people here They seem to don't get nothing Unless it's like written out plain For them mm.
0: Makes sense Kenithia you who's your number two
2: A good question so do they have Like We're all saying people That aren't alive anymore you No know, you can, can pick alive They can, can be, be alive Yeah you okay. can be alive Anybody
0: who's a part Of black history So On the right side Of black history anyway
2: I'm gonna Y'all might I mean Go ahead I, I'm gonna say Nicki Minaj And I say Nicki okay. Minaj Before y'all say something I say Nicki Minaj Because this woman Has way so much Influence on the community Today's community True anyway. Point. And I think she could, if she, it's like, let's say she comes to BYU, has to make, like, stir some, stir something up. Yeah. She's the one to do it. Maybe her and Cardi B, but she could do it. (laughs) And she will call people out on their BS. And I'm like, she's the one. She's the one. Okay. Okay. To freedom. Period. (laughs)
1: To freedom. (laughs) I'll
2: take that.
0: I'll take that. For sure. My number two, I'm going to go with um, Frederick Douglass.
1: Okay, that's a good choice. Solid choice. Third for me... Um Third My third round draft pick You know I'm gonna pick Barack Now And I say this Because People just like him People like Michelle But we know the patriarchy They like men more So To get changed to BYU I'm gonna go with Brock Cause he just People really like him Like really do Even Republicans <laughs> Some of them Some <laughs> But I feel like he's very good at gathering people mm-hmm. That's a good And choice. uniting people Mm-hmm. Good
2: choice, good choice Um, For my number three I don't I can't think of her name right now But I'm gonna say Emmett Till's mother
1: Oh, that's a good choice Mamie Till Mamie Till Mm -hmm. Great choice
2: And I say that because I feel like She's got She's got this This specific type of experience That I It's Sad that she has She has this experience Of like losing a child In such a way But I think Her Like Her having gone through that makes her such a strong woman. And I think she could really make, like, she could cause some people to rethink their ways. Agreed. Mm So
0: That's a good one. And for me, same thing. I can't remember the name of this individual. I always get it mixed up with Tarana Burke. But Tarana Burke started the Me Too movement. But the woman who founded Black Lives Matter movement, definitely want her on the team, on the squad. Good. That's my number three.
1: Okay, you ready for my number four? Let's go. Stacey Abrams. Ooh. Mm-hmm. She What she did in Georgia, if you don't, if you don't know what Stacey did in Georgia, um, she pretty much turned that state blue. If it wasn't for her, that state would be red still. Mm-hmm. She helped a lot of um, communities that were not allowed to vote and weren't able to vote because of a lot of regulations that have been placed on under impoverished communities and she helped them to register and vote um, in this election, which helped Biden win,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, Georgia's voting rules and stuff are wild. Like, right. They, yeah. They have crazy rules. Like they made it illegal to give water to people standing in lines to vote.
1: Like what?
0: Right. Because they specifically don't want Black people to be able to vote. Like the yeah. way they like zoned things. You have mm-hmm. to travel like miles and miles. Yep. They make the polls close before people get off of work. Right. That's like so- all kinds of things that they do specifically to prevent people of color from voting. And Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams helped them circumvent all of. That.
2: Yep. So she's a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you do your number four?
2: Melody Jackson. Okay. Ooh, okay. Hey. Okay. She will gather BYU. So gonna be happy to hear that. <laughs> she yeah. she would gather BYU. Melody goes hard. Melody was like the first black woman I knew on campus. Um, she was my sore counselor. Um mm, Rachel yeah. knows that it is like this um camp through the multicultural student service office um at BYU and she was my counselor. First black lady I met on campus and I knew and let's she will stir some stuff. She'll stir it up like that's and, and get it done. Yeah, that's Melody Jackson. And she's not afraid to speak her mind. She will tell you how it is. Yep. She's not afraid to talk to like the people in charge about what they're doing wrong. And I don't know. Melody is just the way to go. Yeah. Melody will get it done.
0: That's very true. I and mean, having worked closely with Melody a few times, yeah, she'll get things done. And she's not afraid to call someone out. I've been on the, uh, the receiving, receiving end. Receiving mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: end. You know, we, we don't have to talk about that. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've been on the receiving end of Melody's wrath. And it was well-deserved, <laughs> too. And yeah, I, it changed me forever. Made it me a should. better man. Mm-hmm. Helped me on my path to recovering from misogyny. Mm-hmm. I
2: wish y'all could know her. <laughs> i wish y'all could know her we will try to get her on the
1: podcast oh yeah oh, that'd be great
0: soon, yeah. soon enough they'll know who she is eventually but yeah um so yeah definitely her she's dope um who's my number four my number four would have to be michelle obama great choice she going to number four because of her influence her ability to get things done and uh her ability to just do what she got to do and like also just like strength okay mm all right number five last
1: but not this news. is like half joke half serious dr umar now <laughs> the reason why i say that <laughs> okay anyone who knows dr umar <laughs> they're, they're laughing <laughs> now people here have encountered dr umars and so i think they would be so shocked like, they would literally be befuddled. Like, people uh-huh. would not know what to do or what to say. That the rest of us would look rational. That's, mm. And so, um, Dr. Umar would just set the extreme to a different level that they've never encountered. And then what we say will look pretty pretty sane <laughs> and pretty mild. That's where should be, yeah. Bring bringing Dr. Umar to really stir st- some stuff up. <laughs> not to NYU mention campus. that
0: he commands the respect of a whole entire, like, different demographic. Yes. Right, with the things that he'd be saying, like, so yeah that's that's i i i understand
2: the choice yes man get that man on campus okay (laughs) be like (laughs) y'all thought we were bad (laughs) y'all thought we were bad (laughs) (laughs) let him talk to y'all y'all really gonna hear
1: something he talks like an old pastor too so you're not even mad at him Mm -hmm. like you can't really get angry at it you're just like what
0: (laughs) yeah that man is wild dr umar for president 2024 period (laughs) he might be trying to run again i don't know all right kanithia you're number five
2: um, I'm gonna for my fifth person. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it to my girl Harriet.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, good choice.
2: I think now if she was here today. I don't know what she would think on be on BYU's <laughs> campus, but she'd
0: be salty. I know the way she'd be looking in pictures. Right, looking like know. get it together. here, knocking out people. <laughs> she would gather right? us. She did not play.
2: Um, but I think she would be like a good, um. Person to have out here, I don't know. She was able to gather all the black people back in that day. She can get us together again. Move.
1: <laughs> she can yeah. get us.
2: She can. She can get she, some of us on the lost path on the back. Oh, right okay, track. Amen. And, and she can get we us. We need back some of right that.
1: Track. Yes. You mm-hmm. ain't
0: never lied. All mm-hmm. right. For my number five, I'm gonna go with. Ooh, it's a toss up. I feel like I'd have to go with James Baldwin, but my okay. runner, my runner up would be Kendrick Lamar
1: okay both solid great choices
0: but i think i have to go with james baldwin just because of like his 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 prose very elegant very um very easy like very quotable and very like the crossover is there too like you can take what he says and it can cross over whereas i think kendrick lamar um, while his prose is also beautiful it's definitely from a different place like he's from compton you know and he Um, you know, maybe doesn't have the same education that James Baldwin had. Right. So a different, there's like a different crossover there, but yeah. So James Baldwin would be my number five with Kendrick as a runner up.
1: And look, none of us said MLK. Okay. There's more people out there than MLK guys. Mm -hmm. Actually, MLK is my fit. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's it for this week then. One last thing. Recommendations. Recommendations. I knew he was going to say that. Okay. My recommendation for the week is, Go find you a Canes. Now, this is a very. I'm very hungry right now so as <laughs> we're recording this, and I've been thinking about Canes all weekend um because I saw a TikTok about a new way to get a sandwich from them. Mm. And yeah, so I recommend go find a Canes and eating there. You That's gotta call my by his government
0: name though. Raising Canes. Oh, chicken you're fingers. right. Raising mm-hmm. Canes. Right, what Raising said. Raising chicken fingers. That's
1: my recommendation for the week. Or actually, no okay yeah that's my recommendation for the week mm,
0: yeah that's a good
2: recommendation
0: yeah my rec- my recommendation for this week look up black historical figures and uh, learn about somebody that you didn't know about before there's a lot of them out there a lot more than just uh, martin luther king so uh, go out there and, and find somebody uh, a black historical figure that you didn't know about and then also go find a latino or a, oh, I'm sorry, yes. a latinx historical figure to know about a queer historical figure you didn't know about um shoot even a white historical figure you didn't know about just go research everybody and find out some history that you didn't know about because what you're learning in school probably isn't it
1: also it's coming on the final two weeks of hispanic heritage month so find a way to celebrate locally and supporting some hispanic or latino-owned businesses
0: i love it that's all we got for this week
1: thank you guys
0: That's the show for today. We were super excited to be able to talk with you about the wonderful topics of the Black Menace podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Black Menaces and subscribe to our Patreon, The Menace Society, for bonus content and footage of both the podcast and our videos. We look forward to hearing from y'all in our email. You can email us menace moments and other questions that you may have for us. Be sure to email Podcast at gmail.com mail.com to get those menace moments and questions flowing into our inbox. We'll answer you on the podcast and respond to you in the email.
1: And remember always
0: be a menace.
1: Thank you guys.